Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. It's Mike Babcock Day! It certainly is. It's Mike Babcock Day in Toronto. The (laughs) world has stopped, and Mike Babcock (laughs) is filthy, dirty rich. He's won the lottery. He is stealing money from the people of Toronto. Not yet. Amen, dude. Amen. Mike Babcock Domino has fallen. He has chosen the Leafs. I believe I had that one. You did, dude, and I, I must admit... I thought he would never go because it is such a train wreck up there. But evidently, $50 million <laughs> makes a lot of you're problems. willing to overlook that and spend some time with Phil Kessel. How could you blame him? No, that's, I don't blame a, him at all. That's a lot of money, right? You see, there's players all the time in all different sports that leave a good team or a pretty good team to go to a pretty crappy team and they get a huge truckload of money. Yeah. I don't think there's any reason why we can make fun of Mike Babcock and also as I said last week I'm sure he thinks he can turn that place around just like Brian Burke did he's got Brian Burke disease he thinks he can take a team that has been a joke for a long time and and somehow turn them around it's a huge challenge which I'm sure is part of the allure of the job other than the gigantic warehouse full of money and if he does succeed I mean, they'll be erecting statues in this guy's honor. Yeah, dude, he's going to fail miserably. <laughs> most, <laughs> most likely. Most likely. They've done nothing to demonstrate that they have any sort of handle on how to handle the situation. And oh, we'll see. Wish him well. Um, I guess he was in San Jose yesterday and was so impressed he turned us down last night. <laughs> I'm sure the Sharks were nowhere close to the ballpark in money, right. as probably no one was, except for maybe Buffalo. Um Reports yesterday had him negotiating with with the Sabres. So it looks like it came down to Buffalo and the Leafs. Reportedly, Detroit's final offer was $4 million a year. Wow. But I don't know for how long. I doubt it could have matched the eight years and $50 million, you know, going $6 million a year. 50% more than what the the wings offer. Yeah, so... Good luck to you, Mr. Babcock. Yeah. And, you know, we'll certainly be following what will be a very juicy story in Toronto. And they have a big offseason ahead of them. I can't imagine that they're just going to roll out the same team. They'll probably make try and make some big changes. But how does this move impact the Sharks? I think it does on the coaching front, dude. And I think it does on potentially the goalie acquisition front. You know, the domino has fallen. Two teams left without coaches, Sabres and Sharks, Mm -hmm. maybe the Blues, maybe the Bruins. Mm -hmm. At this point, they both have coaches, but they may end up on the street at any time soon, dude. Um, Where do you think we are right now? We've heard so many names uh, being associated with the Sharks. I've got a list here of who's here, who's been contacted, who's in the mix. Well, McClellan fell since our last podcast that's right oh we got to talk about Todd McClellan maybe we should talk about that first dude taking the job in Edmonton I haven't seen any stats on how much Doremi he's getting from the oil city but uh, Edmonton and Jay Woodcroft both going Mm -hmm. to Edmonton so good to see those gents landing on their feet no surprise at all what do you think dude 
T-Mac in Edmonton? Well, we certainly saw uh, the foreshadowing at the World Championships when Taylor Hall and who else were singing Todd McClellan's praises. And, and that's, frankly, a good move for the Oilers franchise. You don't want to have your top players not on board for hiring somebody specific. I mean, this is pro sports these days, and maybe hockey isn't as star-driven as, as the NBA, but you certainly don't want to alienate your best players uh, especially when the franchise isn't in a good situation, as the Oilers are not. So Tom McClellan will have the opportunity to coach guys that he's had some success with. You know, Canada obviously won the world championships. You know, he know, now he knows Taylor Hall, um, and Taylor Hall's on board. He's going to, barring some crazy meteor hitting the earth, uh, the Oilers will not be trading away the pick for Connor McDavid, so he'll be able to coach Connor McDavid. Um, so... Yeah, T-Mac also in a position to turn a franchise around. I'm sure they're very excited to have him there as a as a, you know, a coach of extremely high repute. Everybody is always quick to say that he's very well respected and and any team would be lucky to have him. So the Oilers won that and you know, good for them. I I didn't really expect them to be a uh, a destination for a coach. I mean, that seems more like a wasteland than a destination. Well, Connor McDavid changes a lot, I think. If they don't have the number 1 pick, be interesting to see if Tom McClellan ends up there. Right, you know, it's true. Um, it's true. If Buffalo gets the number one pick, maybe that's where he wants to go. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna follow the superstar. You know, McDavid, by all reports, you know, is the best player in the last twenty years, right? According to Wayne Gretzky. Right. So uh, we shall see. But it's gonna be mighty cold up there. <laughs> so I hope uh, Todd's wearing his long johns. And interesting to have him still in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see Tom McClellan's Oilers a lot. We'll see how they improve or don't firsthand. And dude, I don't know if you saw the Kurz article about this, but I did. You know, do you, do you put any stock into that? Sure, dude. I mean, like I, I well, first of all, his uh, headline uh, kind of got me a little bit. I was like, ooh, well, maybe yeah. it's not so mutual. And I read it. I was like, well, how is this new news? Well, like, uh, clue in the listeners on what's they don't they don't uh, constantly hit the refresh button on Kevin <laughs> Kurz's blog all day like you do. Don't. Uh, well, I mean, Kurz wrote uh, an article about how McClellan made a comment during his press conference saying that he was released, I think, mm-hmm. from his contract in San Jose, and basically that sometimes the players need a new voice, and this was kind of the time and. I didn't find that to be new news. You know, I I, he, you know, I I think he meant it to seem like he was fired, and if he didn't decide to leave, he would have been fired, which is sort of something that you've said before. I think that that was exactly what was going to happen. And right. I, I think there was an agreement between the two that, listen, you know, we're not going to get in your way. You can go out there and, you know, pursue more jobs. We just are going to want compensation for that. Right. So Godspeed to you. You know, I, I think that conversation is what happened. Otherwise the Sharks could have done what the blues are doing to Ken Hitchcock and what the Bruins are doing to Claude Julian, which is say, you know what? You are, you're our coach. Right. And we're just going to wait around for a we're while. We're just going to wait. And maybe we'll fire you later. On. And so all the jobs are gone. <laughs> and then right. so what happened to Dan Bilesma essentially. Yeah. Then he gets fired and then you got nothing. So I think it was a little bit of a game of poker. No, I don't think the Sharks wanted him back. You know, there was a mention of maybe Joe Thornton didn't want him back. I mean, you know, Joe Thornton seems to not like anything. He's the, <laughs> the Grinch of Hockey Town at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, sitting somewhere shirtless, you know, drinking, uh, you know. I just want to play Candy Crush. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, 
I I didn't find that to be earth shattering news, dude. No. You know, at this point, it's it's done. I mean, I don't think T Mac wanted to be here anymore, and I don't think the Sharks wanted him to be here anymore either. That's not true. that he's a bad coach. It just had run its course. Yeah, it was over. So, dude, the like you said, the Sharks are still looking for a coach. The Sabers are still looking for a coach. Who's still out there, and who do you think is going to come to San Jose? Well, here's what we know so far. All right, here are the names that have been linked to San Jose, either by our local beat writers or uh, national press like Elliot Friedman. Uh, we know the Sharks have uh, requested a second interview with Pete DeBoer, mm-hmm. former coach of the Devils and the Panthers. Uh, we know they have gotten permission from the Penguins to interview Dan Bilesma, who's still on their payroll. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. Get permission. Uh, we know the Sharks spoke to Randy Carlisle. Apparently, they spoke last night. Uh, we know the Sharks today were, according to Darren Dreger, interviewing Adam Oates, which yeah. sent a shiver down my spine. <laughs> um, reportedly, the Sharks are interested in former San Jose player Dave Lowry. Okay. Um, Elliot Friedman said the Sharks are interested in Dave Tippett, who we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, possibly as our preferred coach of the San Jose Sharks, but he's got three years left on his dealings, Phoenix. Right. So, sorry, Arizona. Arizona. Uh, Elliot Freeman also mentioned that Rob Zettler was a, a coach that the San Jose Sharks were interested in. Um, he's currently the head coach of the AHL Syracuse Crunch, and he has been a Sharks player. Uh, he played with Doug Wilson yep. and uh, was an assistant during the Ron Wilson years. I do so, remember that. Uh Trent Yanni, another mm-hmm. name that was mentioned today by David Pollock, and also Kevin Deneen, another name mentioned by David Pollock, as two assistant coaches that are still involved in playoff races as they work for the Ducks and the Hawks. So they're not available to interview. Right. So those are the names we've heard so far, dude. Are there others? Possibly. I mean, the Flyers hired the college coach, which right. was so far off the map. Yeah, and and I was talking to some friends about it, and... I said, geez, you know, I've never heard of a, a coach, college coach making the jump to the NHL. And then I read somewhere after that, it's only happened four times ever. Four times ever has an NCAA coach gone from, uh, gone directly to the NHL, which is obviously a huge contrast to, say, basketball or football, uh, where you see college coaches make the jump all the time, you know, like, um, you know, the right. guy in Kentucky or whatever. What's his name? Calipari. Calipari. Anyway, so uh, so that was surprising. But North Dakota obviously is a very uh, impressive NCAA franchise. Probably not um, a destination for anyone unless you do want to play hockey. I, I would think... unless you're Ron Hextall's right. kid. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Well, of course, dude. I mean, this... he's hired his son's coach well, as the coach of the Flyers. I know you put it that way. It sounds terrible. <laughs> well, actually, I think it... well, this is Hextall's job on the line here. You know, I mean, he's made a huge, bold move. Listen, if the guy's a good coach, if you've seen it firsthand for three years, then maybe you're going on a hunch, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. This is the guy. This is the guy with the great stare. They all talk about it. He's got the the serious (laughs) stare. He's going to stare into Claude Giroux's eyes and get him to stop spanking people or whatever (laughs) it was he did. (laughs) I, I don't know. I it's it seems like making the move from college to the pros these days is even tougher than it used to be usually college coaches i think especially hockey college coaches if they've been somewhere for a long time they basically have the run of the place they could control everything around them the players the systems and everything and in the pros you don't have that luxury right he can't go and just tell 
Claude Giroux to get out if he doesn't like him. Right. Evidently, he turned Hextall down twice. Right. And then the third time, there maybe was an extra zero. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But somehow, they convinced him to do it. So it's an intriguing hire. It's definitely eye-opening. My friend who's a Flyers fan, not happy. (laughs) Not happy. Well, I mean, well, let's look at this list, dude. And and I I think... We would both agree, dude, I don't want to speak for you, but if everybody was available, I mean, I think Dave Tippett is the easy choice. I mean, in terms of mm-hmm. my opinion, you know, I mean, I would want Dave Tippett from the guys on this list. But right now, Dave Tippett is not available, right. you know, mm-hmm. and the Sharks and the Sabres are in a little bit of an interesting position where they're staring at each other going, OK, who's going to blink first here? You right. know, how long are you willing to wait when you've got from the rest of the list I think two experienced coaches that have the best resumes in DeBoer and Bilesma. And I mean, I'm not including Randy Carlisle because I'm just not interested in him in any way. And I just can't imagine that Buffalo is either. Mm-hmm. Right. So of this list, w- what jumps out at you? What's interesting to you? Dave Tippick excluded. Well, certainly the two you mentioned are the premier. Uh, available coaches, right? It's weird to say Pete DeBoer is premier. Right? I know it is, right? <laughs> but it's I true. Mean, he's such a sourpuss. But uh, <laughs> but he has gotten two different NHL jobs. He was uh, highly touted when he was first hired in Florida. Um, you know, everybody expected that to go well. But the downside was is that he went to Florida, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a very good team and hasn't been for for a while since maybe the Ed Jovanovsky years, which right. actually are all their years. <laughs> the last time I was thinking about it, they he had a great first season there. He they didn't make the playoffs, but he had a great first season. And then the and then he went to New Jersey in his first season. He took them to the Stanley Cup Finals where they had no no, no business. earthly business yeah. being in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's true. And they took it to Game Six. So. You know, I mean, like they were in it. I think you're actually cheering me up a little bit because when I first thought about Peter DeBoer, I was like, really? You know, it sort of seemed like a retread kind of thing that you've seen many times. But, but you know, if if the Sharks hired Peter DeBoer, it wouldn't be the worst thing that could happen. That's for sure. No, I don't think it'd be the worst thing that could happen. And, you know, what? once we get to the end of this, of this discussion, we can make our predictions, you know, mm-hmm. but um, he, he, the, the, the discouraging thing is that he seems to have a great first year and then his teams regress. Mm-hmm. And But in his defense, he has coached Florida and New Jersey. So <laughs> I don't think he's had the talent that... And, and also, you know, after he went to the Stanley Cup Finals, his best player left right. in Zach Parise. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Um, and then Ilya Kolvachuk left too, right? right? Yeah. So, you know, you've got... Show me a coach that can recover from right. that. Right, I mean, and it's not... I don't think that was his fault. So um, I think we can give him a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt here. He seems to play a puck position style, which is what the Sharks enjoy. Mm-hmm. So will he be the right fit? You know, Or is it Dan Bilesma, mm-hmm. who you know, we know is one of Jack Adams. He's got that over DeBoer. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's got that over DeBoer. But... Uh, people who hate him hate him with a passion. Yes. In terms of... Yeah. Uh, and we know Mark Purdy, our friend of the podcast, not a fan of Dan Bilesman, and and some people find him to be wildly overrated. Right, right. And the only thing I'm worried about 
a little bit about Dan Bilesma is at least I've read a couple different places. He seems to be a quote unquote players coach. And you know, my position on that recently, which is I kind of want a coach to come in and instill a system and have some real consequences if the system isn't adhered to. And I'm, I'm not confident that Dan Bilesma is definitely that coach. Maybe he is. I, I don't know the guy, but I'm, I'd rather have a coach that's a little bit too harsh than a coach that's a little not harsh enough. You know, we don't need to go to Tortorella territory here. Right. But I, I think, you know, DeBoer certainly has some good qualities. And But now we're on to prediction time. I still think Bilesma is probably going to be the guy. I mean, w- there was that rumor last year. I don't think that came from nowhere, like you said. Bilesma is more likely, but I wouldn't be upset with DeBoer. I'm changing course here, dude. The reason why I don't think it's going to be Bilesma is because I think the Sabres are going to outbid us for Bilesma. Wow. And I think the Sharks possibly know that. Mm-hmm. They're not... The, the The Sabres are like a woman scorned right now. Yeah, they are. They, they lost out on what they wanted, which was Babcock. They've got money to burn. You know, if they were willing to offer close to the same amount of money, um, they might... If they're going to give Babcock six plus... Maybe they're willing to give Bilesma four plus, and I don't think the Sharks will. I don't think they'd right. be willing to do that. You know, to to have the second highest paid coach in the league, whereas right. I think DeBoer is not going to get four plus. I mean, DeBoer is going to get, you know, in the twos probably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a more reasonable NHL coaching salary. So I think it's going to be Pete DeBoer, dude. I think that's what's going to happen. And it might not be the Sharks' first choice or second choice if they wanted Babcock. Mm-hmm. Who didn't? But Everybody uh, wanted but that But I guy. think that will be what ends up happening. And, and the question will be, what, what domino will fall first? Will the Sharks blink on Bilesma and go with DeBoer just to be sure that they don't miss out? Or um, are there, is there going to be a stare-down over Dan Bilesman, how long will this take? Right. And also depends on how hard-nosed Bilesma is on negotiating salary because we know he took down jobs last year, right? right? And he probably didn't turn them down because they just flat-out didn't offer enough money. He may have turned them down because they were teams that he didn't think were going to really go anywhere. And right. can you really look at Buffalo and think they're going to go somewhere? Well, I mean, I think you you look at Buffalo and you say... Well, we're going to have Jack Eichel. Yes. Um, they've got a lot of young talent. They've got an owner. Jack Eichel and a bunch of dudes I don't care about. Well, but the, they've got they've got an owner that's willing to spend. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yeah. He's tried that route already. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. But we know he's got money. And, you know, he may look at that as a more de- desirable situation than Florida, which looks like that was a big mistake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Florida has some young... Uh, NHL talent really on on the come right now in yes. terms of they're they're ready to go. I mean, Florida's probably a playoff team next year. I would think so. Um, so w- if you're Bilesma and you have a pick, you know which situation is better. And I don't know if it's super clear. You know, um, Sharks also in unknown territory. Better roster today, sure. Better roster in three years, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the answer is. So, um. I'm going to guess that it's Pete DeBoer and, bold prediction number two, Mm. Pete DeBoer and Adam Oates, who was DeBoer's assistant, Mm. if I remember correctly, in New Jersey. Before he got... I think that's right. Before before he got got the Washington job, job, Oates was the assistant in New Jersey. Now, Oates right now is the 
was the associate coach of the Devils, but he's not going to be named head coach of the Devils. The Devils don't have a coach. Wait, do they? Did they name a coach, dude? I don't know. Dude, dude do the research. Dude. All right. Uh, dude, I think that's I think that's it. Maybe we'll come back to that in a minute. But well, let's go to actual Sharks news. The Sharks actually signed a player. They they signed uh, Junis Donskoy, who it was the MVP of the Finnish playoffs. He's a Finnish player. He had eight points in eight games in the World Championships for Finland. Um, you know, what do you think of the Sharks taking a flyer on this? sort of guy that was on nobody's radar essentially and now I don't I don't know anything about him but why why the hell not yeah. I mean the the guy <laughs> had a great year this year made an impact in the uh in the world championships for Finland 8 points in 8 games I mean they 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 struck gold with with Melker Carlson mm-hmm. I mean ways we'll try again what's the what's the harm 2 years 1 million dollar per year uh, essentially right um there's no risk here and Talent evaluators uh, seem to think that he's a legitimate NHL player. Nice. Um, somebody, one of the NHL players in the World Championships, was saying they didn't understand how the hell he wasn't already in the league already right. based on how he was playing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Sharks could they could have another steal here yeah. in, in a team that is lacking top nine yeah. forwards. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you could get a deal here on a guy. Um, and maybe you've already promised him some sort of playing time. Devils do not have a head coach, by the okay. way. So that's another team that's out there kind of mining the... We and they have and anything. They, well, I mean, they've they got have, a new GM, right? They do. I mean, they have Ray Shiro. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> is, is Bilesma an option there? I would think you know so. I mean? you know, Especially our, if those two got along. I don't Shiro, we, obviously, Bilesma's right? GM when he was in Pittsburgh. Sure. So, so we don't know where they fit into the picture here. Yeah. Also know. at the World Championships, dude, Brent Burns. Yes. More points than Junas Donskoy as a defenseman. Yes. Uh, 10 points, a gold medal, and a plus 12. Yeah. Not bad. Move him to forward, dude. <laughs> this guy <laughs> Move sucks. Move him to forward, dude. He's terrible. Well, Canada was so dominant. Well, uh, but listen, he's a part of that. Yeah. Like, he was a huge part of it. So um, he's an important part of the Sharks' future. I, I really hope they don't keep messing around with that let him continue to develop as a defenseman yeah he he was he was a good defenseman in minnesota where he got traded he didn't put up all these points so why can't he figure out how to do both at the same time yep he can't dude what do we say we're going to talk about this week goalies (sighs) yeah dude you know well clearly the sharks need a goalie yeah all right unless they're going to roll uh new father al stalock into the into the net with troy grosnick doubtful it's possible so I kind of mind the the market here, looking at some RFAs. There are some players who are RFAs I didn't even bother to put up here because they're just not like uh, um, Braden Holpe. I mean, yeah. please. I mean, like he's he's not available. He's not available. All right, but uh, there were a couple RFAs. You know, uh, Jonathan Bernier, who's probably the biggest question mark here. Um, how does Babcock going to Toronto impact the Jonathan Bernier situation? Is he really going to want to go into the season next year with James Reimer as his starting goalie? Say doubtful. You right? think he's going to switch? Well, I mean, Bernier obviously couldn't win the job away from him. I think you've got to get rid of James Reimer and just say, <laughs> Bernier, it's yours. I mean, unless they have a plan to acquire somebody else, hmm. he might be able to get Jimmy Howard. I mean, I would think Detroit's yeah. going to be putting him on yeah. the block. With Mrazek playing well. So... 
Um, Bernier, big question mark, RFA, you know, could you trade for him? You're not going to sign him to an offer sheet and give up the picks. You know, I mean, that's not worth it. But what could you get him for? Uh, what is St. Louis's stance on Jake Allen after being so terrible yeah. in the series against the Minnesota Wild? And he was terrible. Again, St. Louis in a goalie <laughs> yeah. conundrum, dude. Yeah. I mean, they're... Their goaltending fails them every time. It's every that's two years in a row, right? They've tried more than that. I mean, they've tried so many different things from Halak to Ryan Miller right. to Brian Elliott to Jake Allen, and none of the options pan out. So Jake Allen, are they really going to make a financial commitment? What's he making to Jake Allen? Well, nothing now. I mean, it's RFA, just, right? Then you just give him the qualifying offer. Are they, would they really do that? I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, unless I guess. they have somebody else that in under the uh, covers that I don't yeah, know about. I don't know. Here are the UFAs, dude. Buckle yeah. your seatbelt. Okay. Kari Ramo. We. Michael Neuverth. <laughs> Devin Dubnik. <laughs> That's the big question mark. And I had Andrew Hammond on here, but he just signed today. Okay. A three-year deal to stay in Ottawa, which changes their whole goalie situation too. When you get to the trade market, right? Any of these UFA goalies interesting to you? I mean, sh- sure, Dubnik made a ton of headlines this year as going into um, Minnesota and setting the world on fire, suddenly being a world beater. But this Are you is buying a- it? No, I mean, I'm I I think he's a good goalie. I'm buying that part, but I'm certainly not buying the the way he played the last forty games is the way he's going to play for the rest of his career. So this is a a buy high situation, and I if I was a GM, I wouldn't want any part of that bidding war if there is one. Yeah, I I can't see Doug Wilson like if Dubnik is available that. ten days after the UFA season begins, then I'd think about offering him any money. But he's never going to make it that long. Someone's going to go and try and poach this guy away from the Wild, or or he's going to sign with the Wild. Um, if I were him, I'd probably want to test the free agent market because he got hot exactly at the right time, get the money. So Devin Dubnik certainly a good goalie, but whatever money he's going to get, unlikely it's going to be worth it. How ironic will it be if he ends up back in Edmonton? <laughs> it could be. Yeah, <laughs> It'd be it, really. It, it could happen. Really funny. It could happen. Anyways, I I don't mind Michael Neuver, frankly. Um, you know, I thought he, he I thought he played well on the island. I thought he's a good goalie. I, you know, this is sort of one of those middle guys that I kind of want the Sharks to go after. I don't really know. I'm not real super calibrated on exactly what kind of money he might get, but these are the kinds of guys. I think are relatively plentiful out there and you might be able to get fairly easily in a trade or even on the free agent market. Like Michael Neuverth, like no one, no one wakes up in the morning and says, I, I must have Michael Neuverth, <laughs> but he might be one of those guys that you just sort of shows up and he plays well and you don't have to pay him a ton. So you'd rather have him over Kari Rama who ended up as the flames, number one goalie in their playoff run. I think the flames going to want to keep him. Apparently not. I mean, from the reports, they're willing to let him go. They feel like they've made a commitment to Jonas Hiller, and they have a, a youngster that they are looking to develop, and mm. that they're not going to. They think Kari Ramo is going to get paid. Yeah, get good money. You know, and you know, if, if someone's going to give Kari Ramo four million dollars, then good, good luck. <clears throat> right. You know, uh, the Sharks should not make that mistake, and I really hope that they don't. You know, um, who's going to get more money, Antti Niemi or Kari Ramo? Probably Kari Ramo, I would think. Well, I mean, he's younger. He's twenty eight. He's younger. He's you know? on the. He's on like the the store the franchise of the season as far as this. Right. I mean, we didn't even pick them to get into the freaking playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Neuverth, I think, 
is the most affordable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're if you do a two year five million dollar deal for yeah. Michael Neuberg, I'm fine with that. You know, then then you maybe take a run with that, but it doesn't exactly make me super stoked yeah. going into the season going, how is that really an upgrade over Niemi? Like you look at that and go, that's better than Niemi. I don't know if I could say that. It's probably cheaper than Niemi though. No, it'd be cheaper than Niemi, right. but is that better? I, I think I, you certainly couldn't say it's a lot worse. And that's sort of where the goalie market is in a lot of places. Well, you look at the trade market and you go, well, there's better players available in that way. You know, Robin Leonard is so definitely available, but he's 23. And you go, God, he's 23. Remember, this was the guy. They were going to get rid of Craig Anderson, Robin Leonard. Mm -hmm. He was going to be the guy. And he is, past two seasons, he's gotten worse and worse. And last year, 3.02 goals allowed and a 9.07 save percentage. Not good. No, thank you. He's got Mm -hmm. two more years left, a 2.25. I just don't even think he's worth taking a risk on. Like, even at 23, I'm disturbed by those numbers. Mm. Yeah. Craig yeah. Anderson, yep. best goalie available. I don't think it's close. But is that the way the Sharks should go? At 33 years old, player making over $4 million, two years left on his deal. Is that the route you go? I Not, not where the Sharks are currently. If the team was... if I mean, Craig Anderson... It sounds ridiculous, but Craig Anderson, I think, is a is a custom fit for St. Louis. Like that's the guy St. Louis would want. They struck out with all these other goalies. Ah, roll the dice again. Take your chances. But if they wanted Craig Anderson, he's been available. Well, like, couldn't they have already gotten Craig they, Anderson? They could have, but they threw their lot in with Jake Allen, and that just didn't work out so well. So now they want to go. Now I could see them going with a guy who's had really good, even dazzling playoff performances in the past. But isn't that the guy the Sharks haven't had, and exactly the kind of guy they need? Like, could the Sharks have been a dazzling playoff performance away from winning a few of these series? Maybe two or three years ago, but not next year, right? If they had him against maybe the series where we lost in the conference finals against Chicago and he stole a couple games, then it could be anyone's game, although Chicago obviously went on to win the cup that year. But, you know, you put Craig Anderson on this team this year, I mean, barring some major unforeseen changes, the Sharks are not going to be a Stanley Cup contender next year. And it's like, why would you pay them $4 million so that we could maybe make it to the second round? Right. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not I, I'm I don't not so disagree. I do not think he's the right choice for where the team is headed, but he's definitely the best goalie available. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd feel a little conflicted if it was announced today the Sharks traded, you know what? a second for Craig Anderson, I don't know if I would be like, boo. Yeah, right. I think I'd be like, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard, to, know. It's hard to be upset okay. if, if your team gets a really good player, and Craig you know, Anderson is that. I mean, it, it's not close. I mean, like, he, he had, you know, a 923 save percentage last year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was pretty damn good. Better and, than the Emmys ever And had. he ended up, I mean, he played the last four games of that playoff series against Montreal. He was so freaking good. Yeah. I mean, like, he was really, really damn good. And and made them kind of forget about the hamburger. Mm-hmm. The yeah. hamburger didn't sniff the ice again. Right. So it's tough. Yeah. The Bruins with Svedberg, who has like 19 games of experience, and Malcolm Subin, who was not good in his little bit of experience last year. They've got two young goalies. Do they really need three? I mean, you got Tuka Rosk, Svedberg, and Subin. Will the Sharks look to add a completely unproven talent? Mm-hmm. And the price tag on those guys could be really high. Right. The, the, the price tag is obviously the biggest problem with those guys. 
I, I wouldn't mind throwing throwing your lot in with a young, unproven goaltender. I don't have a problem with that at all. But paying a huge amount of either money or players in return to get him, I'm not so on board with that. I'm not I'm not uh, opposed to taking a flyer on a guy, though. Auntie Ranta? There's no way the Hawks trade no. Auntie Ranta to the Sharks, no. right? No way. Jimmy Howard? No, thanks. <laughs> Didn't even have to get into it, dude. No. So those are the options, dude. I mean, I don't think... I mean, unless there's a player that we are going to be surprised by, like at lunch today, we talked about Tuka Rask. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, with the Bruins, it sounds insane, right? Why would they want to move Tuka Rask? Well, he's making $7 million for the next like four years. Right. And, you know, if they really want to make a big splash, I mean, maybe they want to trade Tuka Rask for Couture and Dylan and the ninth. I'm going after Crazy trade. All right, dude, that's our crazy trade segment. So obviously you came out with uh, Couture ninth and Dylan for Tuka Rask. I would not do that personally. He gets paid too much money. But Where'd that, I get that price tag? Where'd dude? you get that price tag? Well, dude, there's been a uh, an article written by a friend of the show, Andy Bench, uh, proposing a trade involving those very players, but not for Tuka Rask, involving uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs of all teams. Right. And for those three things, again, Couture, the number nine overall pick, and Brendan Dillon, uh, Andy Bench proposes the Sharks get in return Nazem Kadri, Jake Gardner, and Jonathan Bernier. Now, we talked about Bernier, and he maybe won't leave, but what do you think about this trade in general, dude? I would be very, very upset if the Sharks <laughs> made that trade. I think that that's, that's a. In return, you're getting Nazem Kadri, who is a giant question mark. I mean, this guy, attitude and. Output. NHL output. He scored 20 goals one time in his career. He is, he's a huge question mark. And it was 20. Mark, and he seems like a pain in the ass. Yeah. And Jake Gardner, the guy has some skills, no doubt. But he is in the press box so much. Isn't that... I mean, let's just bring back Jason Demers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks like you're just getting Jason Demers again. Yeah. Um, maybe even a worse version of him. And Bernier. I mean, Bernier is the player of those three that I would want. Right. But, I, but not... Not for that, you know, so I think Toronto would be getting quite a deal out of that, you know, getting a real NHL defenseman uh, who would, can be a four, five, six guy, mm-hmm. a top center, right? you know, and the number nine. No, oh, dude, I don't, I don't see that either. I don't, Nazem Kadri, as you, I don't want any part of that guy. No, I want no. any part of that guy. He's only scored 20 goals once in his career, scored 18 goals this year, uh, you know, he. If you look at him compared to other centers in the league, wasn't he centering the top line? At times, I mean, they had uh, whatever that think, other disappointing player is. Right, well, it's a long list, right? But I mean, oh, there's, a, there's, there's some guys like Brian Little and all a lot of other guys that scored more points than Nazem Kadri last year in the center position, and a lot of those guys weren't even top line centers, right? Like, uh, I, you know, it's not even just that. It's it's the knock on this guy to be. A, a pain in the butt, a bad attitude. Doesn't show up. Sometimes. Doesn't show up. We need we need guys like that. No, we do. Let's, not. How about Alexander Semin? He's available. <laughs> you know, let's let's bring in as many disappointing guys as possible. The Sharks have to rid them. They have to purge themselves of all of that. Right. Because they still. I mean, let's not forget. We still have a uh, a good times culture. Right. Evidently, I was laughing. Evidently, the Houston Astros have turned their locker room into a disco. 
a disco <laughs> party. I feel like this might be what the Sharks locker room is like too. You know, oh, man. Um, and frankly, I know maybe I'm overselling the guy, but it seems like if there's one guy who doesn't do any of that stuff, it's Brendan Dillon. Brendan Dillon shows up every night. Okay, he's not going to score 50 points as a defenseman, sure, but the guy he tries hard every single night. He doesn't take a night off. He seems to always have a good attitude. I'm very happy with Brendan Dillon so far as a shark, and and you know he's one of those you know it's a cl- total cliche. But he's one of those blue-collar guys I wouldn't mind keeping around. If I'm trading Logan Couture, I want a 100% proven NHL quantity in return. Mm-hmm. I would trade Logan Couture for something like... I, I might. I, would you trade Logan Couture for Corey Schneider? I'm not saying that that's on the table. I mean that- I'm not saying the Devils would do that. I don't think they're interested in that at all. But but that's the thing that like yeah. you're thinking about. It. Yeah, I'm like thinking you're thinking about. about it. You're going okay. This guy, New Jersey, ran him into the freaking ground last yeah. year. Right. But is he a legitimate suck. number right. one goalie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. you okay? You're trading a top six forward, arguably a top three forward, for a number one goalie who's still young. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I, I could get behind that. I can't right. get behind trading a proven quantity for three question marks. A proven quantity and a high number Our one. Our highest pick that we've had since we drafted Logan Couture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't, we can't yeah. do that. You just can't you do it. You have to get back something great. And if, if you're a Toronto fan and you love those guys and you think it's a bad deal for you, then I say... Have fun holding on to those guys because I don't, I, you know, maybe they'll work out, but. <laughs> Would you trade Logan no. Couture and the nine for Justin Falk? I like Justin Falk a lot. I, I would, I would. That's def- a lot. I, number nine and Couture. Oh, that's tough. Now, I mean, Couture for Falk straight up. For tur- Couture for Falk straight up, I would do. <laughs> I would do that. See, those are the kind of deals that if you're going to trade. Then, but then the question is if, do we need Justin Falk when we have Brent Burns on the blue line? Well, I think they're. I mean, are, they're they're little. Justin Falk like forty something points. I know, but he's not as like like wild wild west as Brent Burns. We were talking about at lunch. Sharks be interested in Mike Green. Mike Green is the highest paid uh, free agent. Right, and I said, right ah, God. I, at first, I was like, Hell yeah! And then yeah. I was like, Ah, uh, no. Right. Because then, what's that going to be like? That'd yeah. be really fun, actually. It'd be <laughs> probably pretty hilarious. Really but, entertaining. But put them together, and it could be. <laughs> could be amazing. Four on none breaks and stuff. Four on none. So, uh, yeah, not exactly what the Sharks need, but if they're going to do some sort of major roster shakeup, you know, Couture might be the guy that you're going to look at and go, okay, well, we at least the last coaching group didn't identify him as part of the leadership group. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's right. He was completely overlooked. Mm-hmm. And sort of faded into the background yeah, in passed, terms of that. Coach. Passed over, without so a doubt. maybe he is, but God, how do you replace him? How do you replace that that output? How do you replace the 60-plus points I don't know. on a team that's already struggling mm-hmm. to, to find consistent offensive output where you're thinking about moving Brent Burns up to forward? And the Sharks have some major questions to address. They do. They you know, do. So um, I don't know if it's going to be that easy, dude. Yep. But we'll keep throwing darts at the board. Dude, well, in terms of our Vegas bet, I still have one team alive. You do. <laughs> I have the you Bolts. Do, you do have the Bolts. And, 
I mean, it's very, very difficult for a team in recent history to go back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals. So yeah. I still think you have a great shot, dude, yeah. with Tampa going home to Tampa, tied 1-1. Um, I think you've got a really good shot of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. And the way this Hawks-Ducks series is going, yeah. what a bloodbath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Shaw headbutting pucks into the net. Yep. He thinks he's freaking Pele. That's nice. Um, that series could have some legs. Yeah, yeah. Of the way that they're playing. I thought the, I thought the Hawks would, would Yeah, no. I mean, the Ducks are up for the rolling. challenge for sure. Yep, yep. I mean, both these series could go long. But if Tampa can somehow, you know, get New York on the ropes, they might be able to get them out. So... Um, I don't, I think while I've got the numbers, dude, I, I don't think you're dead at all. I think you've still got a good shot. I just need the Chicago series to go long. I don't mind my chances too badly against the Rangers. I mean, obviously I don't think it's a slam dunk for the, for the lightning at all, but I think it looks like the lightning are kind of getting their rhythm at this point. I think that the Rangers might've shocked them a little bit in game one, right? but I think they're getting their rhythm a little bit. Ben Bishop is certainly held up well in net. Um, if they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, as long as Chicago had to do some work in the conference finals, then I might have a chance. But I have to, I mean, if Chicago makes it to the Stanley Cup Finals, they're going to be the overwhelming favorite. Uh, I mean, Chicago's a little vulnerable right now. I mean, the team in not playing a lot of minutes. They lost Roosevelt to, I think, a broken arm or something like that. So mm-hmm. they're forced to play, you know, Kaminsky or Runblad. And, you know, they're, they're scrambling a little bit. And you can't play Duncan Keith for an hour like they did last <laughs> night, you know? Uh, so <laughs> they could be tired. I mean, like they, yeah. if it goes long, I mean, whoever comes out, of I that, like the four overtimes. I yeah. mean, that, I like that could a be a tough, tough situation. Whichever team comes out of the East, you know, they've got to hope that they get rid, rid of each other, whoever it is fast. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with Tampa and the Rangers tonight. Yep. You know, uh, to see if Tampa can keep the momentum going dude and for my case i hope not dude i hope not i want another trip to vegas dude i want to put put my name uh, on the biggest cup one more time dude but i'm a little nervous i gotta admit i'm a little nervous i think tampa bay is a pretty damn good team and if i was in vegas and i had no skin in the game yet i would put my money on them to win the cup nice Nice. I'm not blowing smoke, dude. That makes me feel better. Uh-huh. All right, dude. Well, we'll be back again next week. Talk more about playoffs and the Sharks. And what's will going we have on a coach next-, next week? Next week, I say yes. I say yes too. We're gonna have a coach next week. I think Doug Wilson is gonna feel the pressure a little bit, and I think I think he may act before Buffalo and New Jersey. I think he's gonna feel like he's got to get in there. And although, I mean, if you if you want Bilesma you, and divorce your second choice, it's not like New Jersey's going to pick him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but what New Jersey's been very silent. So what are they going to do, dude? What are know. they going to do? Where are they going? Maybe they. I think Sweet Lou's going to go behind the bench. Sweet Lou going back behind the bench again. Oh, man, what if they have <laughs>show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudes on dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose sharks organization or the national hockey league